Hello, welcome to the Tech for Good podcast. We are very passionate about two things, technology and our world. In each pod, we will be interviewing some fascinating people, business leaders, but those with a special interest in solving the biggest issues facing humanity today. Think the environment, think healthcare provision during a pandemic, think global social injustice. If you want to know more about technology's immense potential to fix and transform, then you're in the right place. In this episode, I speak to Chris von Schefferwey. Chris is VP of Special Projects for Star Schema, a data and analytics company which works with a number of Fortune 500 organizations. Over the last year, Star Schema has been packaging and sharing data related to COVID-19 for free, supporting thousands of businesses. In the interview, Chris and I discuss this initiative and his personal motivation to use data and his own skills for a greater good. But first, I ask Chris more generally about the role data has played in our response to the pandemic. in many ways this has been the first pandemic where data has played such a decisive role so until quite recently when you had a major disease outbreak the best you could hope for were case numbers so you know the usual epidemiological curve data number of cases uh, number of deaths Um, i have been tracking outbreaks over the last couple of years and uh, we've never had this amount of uh, ancillary data, data about mobility, data about um, hospital beds, data about uh, healthcare capacity, about um, um, vaccines eventually uh, when they uh, came on the ground. We've had, uh, there's a wonderful project um, run out of Fred Hutch in Seattle, um, which tracks uh, genomic data, so variants. Uh, and we've never had this. So in that sense, I think this is a coming-of-age moment for uh, data in many ways, partly because we now have the resources to have this data, to collect it, to communicate it in real time, etc. And we also have the resources to actually get uh, some useful insights out of it. So in that sense, uh, I, I don't think data has ever been more critical in any uh, public health crisis, or even I would say in any large-scale emergency before. Re- really interesting points. As, as you say, there's so much more data available to us in this pandemic than ever before. Before I ask you what it might have been like if this data hadn't been available, do you actually think we've made the most of the information that's available at our fingertips? Or do you, do you imagine maybe in 10, 20 years' time, if there's another pandemic, that things could be even better? Absolutely. So a lot of the data right now is a little bit drinking from firehose. There is a lot of data, but it's not necessarily easy to use. And one of the motivations behind the COVID data set was to ease this process. A lot of the data in the beginning was uh, published in a very ad hoc manner. Everybody had some data according to some internal schemas or internal ways of reporting it. And published that and 
strategies didn't always align. States reported differently, uh, case definitions were different, uh, the testing reporting has, I, I don't think it's been as differentiated as it should have been in that uh, the, the, the number of reported tests didn't really differentiate between the modality of testing, which became an issue, of course, um, because we've had multiple modalities of testing very early, so that uh, muddied the waters quite a bit. I think in the long run we are going to be able to make both be uh, better use of the data itself and better ways to capture data, and by that I mean more proactive, more prodromic surveillance, um, even um, through connecting directly to hospital data sets, to electronic health records. Uh, th there's a lot of room to advance from this, but um, this is just such an encouraging start and uh, such a good sign. Yeah, the sky's the limit, really, Chris, isn't it? But on, on the flip side, I guess you could say, imagine if we hadn't have made these advances in data and analytics, what, what our response globally to the pandemic would have looked like. It, it you know, it, it would have been, a, obviously, the numbers are, are terrifying as, it's, as it stands, but you think what it would have been like if technology and data hadn't had, had reached this advanced point as it has? I think at some point it will be quantifiable how many lives were saved by data right now. We're not there yet. I think we are still muddling through it and uh, hope to get uh, through this as soon as possible. But a lot of the advances, uh, a lot of our understanding, a lot of all that partly is to be credited to data and partly to computational methods uh, that have uh, really advanced over the last couple of, I would say, decade and a half. Um, so there's, uh, there's been an incredible role played by data and technology in responding to this outbreak. And that goes down to the base level to uh, things like privacy preserving contact tracing applications on phones, which, um, you know, if you compare that with the usual methods of contact tracing, which is basically going um, from house to house with a piece of paper and asking people how they're doing and who they've met over the last couple of years. Uh, that's obviously not scalable. Uh, and and I, I think having a scalable contact tracing method, even if a good proportion of the population probably doesn't participate in it, is still a lot better than what we had until now. So I think that, that, that that's all just fantastic advances. Let's talk about your company then, Chris Star Schema. Maybe tell the listener what your company does and, and how it has been in its own way supporting businesses through the pandemic. Absolutely. So uh, we're a professional services firm. We've uh, been around since 2006 and we're based in Arlington, Virginia. Uh, I'm based outside DC myself, so uh, I'm here in the DC office. We have offices in San Francisco and we have offices in Budapest, Hungary and in Seged, which also is in Hungary. And we're basically only doing data. So we do, we do data and analytics. We do full spectrum data. So we do data engineering, we do data science and we do data visualization. We've actually got an extremely well-known data visualization team with 
very capable people involved. Uh, we have strong data engineers. Um, companies that come to us are typically the Fortune 500s, uh, FTSE 100s of the world. That's the kind of customer that comes to us. Uh, normally, they uh, normally are typical use cases. Uh, come from the fact that uh, these companies have made vast investments in their data and analytics infrastructure and now want to get more value out of it. And that is what we help them with. So that's us uh, in a nutshell. Um, how we have been helping companies uh, in this outbreak, uh, it's actually been a very multi-tiered model. Of course, uh, we have made the COVID-19 data set uh, publicly available. This is not uh, a commercial product. This is not something that we're selling to any of our customers. Uh, I think in many ways, uh, there are users that, uh, who probably couldn't pay for it. Uh, we have uh, a number of NGOs, uh, for instance, using it, who are in, an, uh, in a rather difficult situation because this has obviously disrupted their operations and uh, the economy being what it is, uh, charitable donations are probably down quite a bit. So uh, I, I think this is more along the lines of a public service, but we have helped companies uh, built back uh, better throughout this uh, um, pandemic. Uh, we are helping companies build, for instance, dashboards that help them understand when they can resume normal operations. Companies that have multiple um, manufacturing sites and, uh, and offices can uh, prioritize and predict when they're going to be likely to reopen because you can't obviously reopen you can't announce on Sunday that you're going to reopen on Monday. Uh, you'll have to uh, spin up the machine, as they say. And uh, uh, for, for that, they need reliable information in advance. And we uh, are providing that. And of course, we're also providing a range of other functionalities. Companies uh, are using uh, our data set to determine uh, determined risk to their employees. Companies have used it in the beginning to uh, determine whether to recall certain employees on um, uh, from various projects abroad based on the local risk. Now, the local risk has become rather uniform over time, uh, but it has definitely been um, it, it, it has definitely been used in a very wide range of projects. Most of most of the things that we do involve and um, involve COVID in some way, and even those that do not at the moment, they all, of course, take place in this uh, strange environment where um, we have to make allowances for that, and data plays a significant role in that. Hello, I'm Daniel Brigham, editor of Tech for Good magazine. I hope you're enjoying this podcast, and if you want more, you can head over to techforgood.net for some compelling and thought-provoking stories. From high-tech insect farms that could solve world hunger, to a global mission to counter the spread of COVID-19 disinformation, we've got Tech for Good covered. You can read and subscribe at techforgood.net.
fascinating stuff, Chris. And obviously it's a very noble thing for your company to do to open this data set up for free to companies to, to benefit them during this pandemic and help them. What drove Star Schema to do that, do you think? Do you, do, does your company feel a, a greater sense of kind of purpose with your work? Absolutely. I mean, it's um, it, it was quite obvious in the beginning that this is going to be an extraordinary situation. And in early 2020, Tavash and I had a conversation about this. Tavash is our CEO and he's also our CTO in one person, so we get a twofer there. Um, we've had an early conversation about this and uh, we discussed uh, what we could do in such a situation, what we could do to contribute. And of course, one contributes where one can and what we do, as I said, is we do data and analytics and that's where our main proficiencies lie. So uh, we have decided to respond with this. And um, my experience looking at data uh, before that was that there was a lot of data, but it was all very scattered and uh, used different definitions. It was really difficult to find out what a reliable data set is and what and what the and where they are. And it took a lot of uh, and I think you know it it just didn't just take me a lot of time. That effort was I think replicated millions of times over the globe. Anybody who wanted to understand the situation had to go on a little detective journey and figure out um, where these data sets are, what these data sets do, how they're how they could be normalized against each other. And we realized very early that if this keeps on going like this, this is not going to be a very effective use of anybody's time. And time was one commodity that of course we didn't really have. Um, viruses are notoriously quicker than humans in many, many ways. Uh, so uh, if we were to have an effective way of outpacing that or helping people outpace that, we had to um, probably cut the waste in terms of time. And the way we did that was of course to bring our data engineering understanding onto that. This isn't entirely new to us as a company. We have been involved with a number of uh, international NGOs. Um, we have been working for the United Nations World Food Programme. We've been working for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. We've been working for PATH, which is um, a major um, NGO in the uh, in healthcare and developing world sector. Uh, we've been working for Glimmer of Hope, who work in, um, who work, I believe, in East Africa, um, uh, in Ethiopia in particular, uh, on various uh, projects. So uh, we have had a commitment to use our time and our talents for good for a very long time. In that sense, this was more a natural progression than anything. Yeah, and as the Tech for Good podcast, Chris, we're, that's music to our ears, so, so thank you for that. Um, do you have any examples of your work over the last kind of 18 months associated with the pandemic that you're particularly proud of, whether it's a, a, a sector that you've helped in particular or, or a company, you don't necessarily have to name any companies, but is there is there any kind of shining examples of the work that you're really, really proud of? I think one of the biggest recognitions was that uh, we have 
public health authorities from several countries in the world using and accessing our data. Uh, we do see who uses our data and uh, it was um, really good to see that we're trusted by essentially the uh, peak of public health decision making. We, what actually surprised us wasn't any one use case. Uh, what we're really proud of isn't so much any one use case, it's the fact that, and I think Frank Slotman, um, Snowflake CEO, remarked on this, just that the real surprise wasn't that um, public health authorities used our data. The real surprise was that virtually every uh, major Snowflake uh, customer used our data. So we managed to provide something that offers value to a very wide range of industries. Snowflake has users from every conceivable sector, uh, from every conceivable size of company. We um, have managed to build something that answers a need that's present for um, small companies and large, for companies from uh, agriculture through manufacturing to, as I mentioned, uh, NGOs. So in many ways, this was uh, this, this, this was a fantastic experience. We have had a very close relationship with our users. Uh, we've um, developed organically. I think uh, there's a little bit of a top-down development that has to take place in any curation of a data set, which is we had to begin and decide this is what is going to go into this data set. But we have taken a lot of input on what particular uh, companies have needed, what particular customers felt like uh, would answer their needs. Uh, and, and so it, uh, the, the reach of this data set actually grew quite incrementally. It's a lot bigger today than it was in the beginning. In the very beginning, we actually tracked um, only a relatively small number of variables. Uh, and now we have data on everything from hospital beds through um, uh, through vaccinations to um, the number of cases. Do you want to keep up to date with the latest in enterprise, technology and digital transformation? Visit digitalbulletin.com for news, long reads, thought leadership and so much more. That's digitalbulletin.com. You mentioned how using data and technology for good is kind of hardwired into what Star Schema does. I want to move the conversation on to you now and you personally, and how much of a motivation is it for you as a business leader and, and somebody really at the coalface here to, to use your skills and your experience and your technology for good? Is it a big personal motivation for you? I think that we are given a relatively short amount of time to do something sensible with what we have in terms of our talents and our skills in our education and using that for a meaningful purpose is the fundamental way that you can lead a fulfilling life that's pretty much my life philosophy as far as it goes is um, that 
doing these things. There's nothing wrong with doing work for profit, as they say, but there has to be some some motivation there to make to leave the campsite better than you uh, uh, cleaner than you found it, as the Boy Scouts would say, uh, and and that's uh, that's what I've been trying throughout my career. I still have some of that time left uh, to do some more of it, fortunately, but uh, I think, I hope that when it's all said and done, I'll be able to look back at it uh, and see that, uh, that this has, that, that my work has somehow contributed to human welfare and human survival in particular. My areas of interest and my focus, my professional focus is within the areas of human health. I am the owner of the healthcare portfolio within Star Schema and I have a background in uh, <clears throat> population health. Uh, so I do have a particular bias for that, but uh, of, of course, I see that in everybody I work with, and uh, it's a lot easier to live up to these ideals if you work at a place where you're not the only one. Uh, the people I work with have, uh, this is somehow not just hard-coded in the company's DNA, it's never, it's not, it's not like it's asked as an interview question or something, but Everybody somehow, somewhere has a motivation to use their uh, skills for good. Um, I know almost everybody in the company personally. Uh, we're fortunate enough to be at that 250, 300 uh, employee size where that's still possible. And I think the enthusiasm that people have had for working on these projects uh, has uh, and on contributing to this has been uh, just amazing. So that pretty much is my end of doing, uh, or, or that, that's pretty much um, my understanding of uh, doing something um, good. Of course, I don't, don't want to sound much um, holier than thou about this because uh, again, I'm very fortunate. I'm in an institution where I can do this. I'm in an institution where that's part of the culture. Uh, I'm sure there are people who would want to do that, uh, want to do, um, want to use their skills for good, uh, but uh, their institutional makeup just doesn't allow for it. That's um, that, that, that's a difficult situation. But um, I'm just very, very, very lucky that I am where I am with this and that we as a company have been able to do these things yeah inspirational stuff chris i want to get your thoughts now on on the future and where you feel data can have the most transformative impact on our on our world effectively now if you think if you think about you know the, the tech for good kind of thing mm. which which areas do you think the power of data can have the biggest positive impact. You've spoken a lot about healthcare. Obviously, there's a, there's a huge amount of work that's already been done with data in healthcare and will be done in the future. But then you think of topics like climate change, things like that. Where, which areas do you think we can really see some fairly transformative change through data? I think there are two things to keep in mind about this. The first is 
that better and more efficient decision-making in everything eventually results in less waste. Less waste results in a lower impact on the environment, uh, a lower impact in terms of um, wasted human effort, and on the whole makes this uh, world a better place. And good analytics is at the heart of good decisions. When we create a dashboard for a company that gets a really complicated point across in a way that is uh, not trivial, but simple to interpret for the decision maker. Uh, when we build a predictive analytics suite that uh, helps people uh, make those decisions better, uh, there's a trend towards augmented analytics these days, which, uh, uh, which does some of that. These are all tools to give decision makers the power to make better decisions faster and more easily. And that in the long run is going to be borne out in reduced waste, in higher productivity, in uh, eventually reduced greenhouse emissions, reduced uh, use of um, uh, chemicals that um, are difficult to get, uh, eventually get rid of the coarse chemical waste. So uh, there is, in the end, this all boils down to better decisions create a better world. That's, uh, that, that, that's probably what I would say about uh, the climate change part, but also about um, wider social issues. If we make better decisions, if we reduce waste, if we increase effectiveness and efficiency, if we can reduce the cost of fundamental services like healthcare, and um, if we make things more efficient, uh, we can get out of this trapping cycle of scarcity. Uh, we're not going to save humanity from poverty by um, building bigger cars or building uh, faster cars what we're going to be uh, able uh, what, what we're going to be able to do it with is uh, creating um, affordable health care reducing uh, waiting times making sure that um, health care provision is not something that um, costs the average family a couple of thousand dollars a month uh, so on the whole that is where data plays the fundamental role. It, uh, it is, um, there used to be a field called operations research, which uh, came of age at some point during World War II, largely um, driven by the need to um, have a mathematical perspective on trying to ensure that as many, usually aircraft, by the way, uh, come back in one piece as possible. And uh, then that became um, operations research and management, which uh, became mathematical optimization of economic processes. And now we actually have data rather than just uh, models that somebody came up with. And I think that's a powerful, powerful tool to create the processes for and towards a post-scarcity world. That was the Tech for Good podcast. Listen, subscribe, and rate us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher.